What's good, y'all? My name is Dylan Green, and this is Real Notes, a space dedicated to blurring the cultural and artistic lines between rap and film. I'm here to chop it up with everyone from rappers and producers to journalists and video directors about their relationship to movies and how, if at all, film inspires their craft. My guest this week is Tennessee musician, producer, singer, writer, and author, VCR. We spoke about the films of Yorgos Lanthimos, Raised by Wolves, Adult Swim, Smiling Friends, The Magic of the Willy Wonka soundtrack, Science Fiction, Tennessee Hip Hop, Lord of the Rings, The Importance of the Hero's Journey, and the creative process behind her debut album, The Chronicles of a Caterpillar, The Egg. Come fuck with us. What's cracking, everybody? Welcome back. Um, it's a day. I think today's Wednesday. I'm pretty sure. I don't remember. What is today? What yeah. is time? <laughs> yeah, time is a flat circle for real. Um, it's some sort of day. Um, it's kind of nice-ish out. Not really, but it, it's whatever. Um, I'm Dylan Cinema Sai. Uh, I got a lot of names. I do a lot of things. I'm all over the place. And uh, I'm talking to somebody today who's also all over the place. It has been up all since six place. o'clock this morning on yeah. some crazy shit. <laughs> some crazy shit. Oh man. Um, yeah, so this is, um, you know, she's a musician, she's a producer, she's an author, she runs her own nonprofit and she's got this really, really great special project that's dropping uh, probably a couple of days from yeah. the time we record this. Friday. Oh, yeah, yeah right. It's Friday. It's Friday. <laughs> Look at that. For, so, for some reason, I saw the date and like thought you were dropping on a Saturday. And I'm just yeah. like, that's kind of cool. But no, nah, you're dropping on a Friday. OK, I'm I just dropping on a Friday. I'm, I'm you know, Friday <laughs> drops. Hell yeah. So we got V the Martian, VCR, Veronica is in the building. Um, yeah. This has been a very long time coming. Um, yeah. We've been, we've, we've been, we've been, we've been talking. We were talking off camera. We've been, well, we've been connected for at least probably almost a year at this point. Like, <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's two years. Because I think really? Two years ago. Yeah. Well, okay. Because I sent you the many, I, I, so when we originally met through, um, uh, I was talking about shoes to Pink Sifu. Shout out, Shout to, Pink out to Sifu. Sifu. <laughs> to Sifu. And uh, that's my bro. Uh, yeah, like, I was just talking to him about the album and, you know, like, you know, everything that I want to do with it and, like, the type of respect that I wanted with this album and um, he was just like, I know who I want to connect you to because I'm a connector. He's a connector, too. He was yeah. like, I'm going to connect you with Dylan. And I was like, who is Dylan? You know, is he going <laughs> to get it? Like, is he is he going to get the scope of everything that I'm trying to do? Is he going to understand my why? And um, he said, bro, he's going to definitely understand the album. He's going to definitely understand your why. He's going to definitely understand like the scope of everything you're trying to do and it was I, it was two years ago because I sent you the demo before it was done right then, okay yeah and then yeah. you was like right as soon as it's done send it to me and then I sent it I sent you uh the sneak peek when it was done right last year. wow yeah like I just like I'm really just now realizing how much like 
how much the pandemic just completely fucked up my sense of time. Yeah. Like it's 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 yeah. just like really kind of scary to me. But all that said, thank you so much. Like I appreciate y'all trust more than anything in the world. And like, um, yeah, you know, you know, like when I listened to the project and like went through the whole general concept and just like there's like like it see it like you're just like perfect for this show you know like your yeah. whole like your whole thing is film and music your whole thing yeah. is cinematic soul we're gonna get into all of that yeah. but I want to start with the um I'm gonna start with the first question I ask everybody who comes on here what was the last movie or tv show you watched that you had a strong opinion about Ooh, um have you ever seen the killing of the sacred deer that's yeah, actually. Wow. That's my favorite. Yeah. So his work, like the um, actually the lobster. Have you seen the lobster? Oh, the lobster is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So that was like he I forgot his name. I don't know why, but like that director, um, I studied him. I found him in 2020. Yeah. And I start I just I studied all his work. I've watched all his interviews and everything because um, I, that form of cinematography and dry, like dry metaphoric humor. Mm -hmm. uh, I just, and even like the allegories he puts like in his, like, it, it's just, it's all good. And I, um, I knew I wanted to do a film for my, um, first LP in the series and he his work um his work I was like yeah I actually started watching a lot of psycho thrillers I'm not gonna lie to you <laughs> um I looked it up because I couldn't remember his name either but his name is Yorgos Lanthimos yes Yorgos Lanthimos he's the yeah goat. he's the goat <laughs> he's crazy he's crazy honestly like because I think the first the first movie his I saw, I saw um, I saw the lobster and I was like, oh, yes. who's this guy? Like, I, it, it really kind of the lobster yeah, it, is amazing. Like, 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 I remember the first time I saw it and I had to, like, explain it to somebody. I'm like, right. so it's a, so, so like it's like it's about these people like who live in a hotel and they like all they're like all going to become like a certain animal when they die. And like yes. this one guy wants to be a lobster. He wants to be I, a lobster because um. I forgot, like, they, they're like the cockroaches of the sea. And so they won't, like, he'll live forever or something. Like, he'll live right. 100 years. And it's like a, um, it's like a, like an allegory to, like, I don't know. I just like everything about Yorgos. Like, Yorgos, I, I love him so much. Yeah. Yeah, not, yeah, not like, I love his style. And, like, let's jump back to um, Killing of the Sacred Deer. So, like, how do you feel about it? Like, because, like, that's, like, not a, that's, like, not, like, a Killing pleasant movie to watch. Killing of the Sacred Deer knocked my motherfucking <laughs> head off. Yeah, it knocked so. my head off. Like, that was the first one I saw. And then I went and saw The Lobster. Because you kind of have to dig for The Lobster. And then there's another one that the you really have to dig for. And it's, it's the favorite, even I think, more right? obscure. Like, and it's even better. Like, I was like, this is so amazing to me. But um, the killing of the sacred deer, it knocks my head off. I love the casting. Um, I love how he plays with 
political topics, uh, or I would say polypolitical topics. So for me, like I'm, I love psychology. Mm-hmm. And so I'm looking at his films from a psychological standpoint, period. And so like the way he paints the modern family and these like secrets and the darkness and almost like the 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 way that the characters um the dialogue with the characters how it seems so dry but it's so how he creates like tension with the music the score yeah it's like it's it's amazing to me because ultimately I'm a musician first you know I'm a I'm a composer first um and you know I I went crazy over the like the use of um like the score the use of the instruments like how he had like one violin playing one note at one time and then it it, it was just it was brilliant to me honestly <laughs> did you find it political yeah a little bit like because like it's been a like I'm trying to remember like everything that I happened know it's been it, a minute because yeah because it came out in 2017 and I think I only saw it like once but like yeah no I would I would I would consider I would consider pretty much everything he does to be like some sort of political like even even yeah. even if it's not like even if it's not like about politics as we might understand them, it's, it's definitely yeah. about like the politics of like family and yeah. like the politics of like human connection. White suburbia. White suburbia for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And well, like, yeah. Like, yeah, like especially killing of a sacred deer. And yeah. um, like the, um, the most recent movie of his I watched was um the favorite with um, uh, Rachel Vice and Emma, uh, Emma Stone and uh what's her face oh who played the queen she was so good but yeah like so and 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 like that movie is more explicitly political because it's about because it's about like a literal queen yeah and like her whole yeah 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 so like i have to go and watch it i have to go go watch the favorite it's incredible it was it was my favorite movie that came out in what what year was that it was either 2019 or it was it was i think it was either it was sometime between 2018 and 2020 but I'm the shit like, went crazy. I've seen it because I really went on a like a crazy psycho thriller binge, like um, 2020, 2020, really 2019, 2020. That's when I started really getting into psycho thriller um, right. composition. Was there, um, were there any other people besides uh, Lanthimos that you were really digging into, or was it just him? Um, so director wise i'm not sure but there was this film man i know you've seen it i'm gonna i have to like look it up yeah do it it so good i've been doing that this whole time while you've been talking i'm like going through wikipedia pages do your thing (laughs) because <laughs> this one was so good um yes. wait can you hear that yeah i can hear that oh, okay Ooh, sorry uh, no, it's cool. no 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 don't worry about it don't worry about it i'm trying to find 
this one because it's so good it's um you remember what it was about yeah it's about this this family that gets kidnapped oh was it funny games Nah, it wasn't okay. funny games. I'm about to tell you right now. Psychological thrillers. Because some of them were really bad. And some of them were like really good. The ones that were really good were just really good. Let me see. I should have had this together. Because <laughs> like, I'm telling you, I just went on like, a really great i just went on the craziest binge oh nocturnal animals oh Noc- i haven't seen nocturnal animals yet that's the one with um amy jake adams gyllenhaal? And, yeah jake gyllenhaal yeah 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 i haven't seen that yet it's good yeah not nocturnal animals is definitely worth like i would love to see what you thought of it because i didn't think that it was okay now it's getting weird all right uh <laughs> nocturnal animals was super good um yeah I, honestly like a tv show i'm really picky because i'm gonna like into like either psycho thrillers like something like or a french film or like um adult swim like i'm really into like adult swim <laughs> my favorite cartoon that i've watched actually lately is smiling friends i was gonna ask if you like smiling friends i did i really do like smiling friends i I really i really fuck with smiling friends i really fuck with smiling friends like we needed a smiling friends i haven't seen a smiling friends type like the humor is just good it's not even about like you know like (laughs) Rick and Morty gets so political at certain points and smiling friends. I just feel like it's just stupid. Like, yeah. I just, <laughs> it doesn't, it, it doesn't make you think too much. Cause like, yeah, it doesn't. right. Cause like, that's one of the, cause like, that's one of the things I appreciate about Rick and Morty, but even that can just get like every once in a while, you just want to watch like some dumb shit. Yeah. And like, like some like I I feel like a lot of times people just want to watch dumb shit and like yeah, man. it's super like it's super dumb <laughs> and and like and, yeah yeah like I think I think my favorite ep- I'm so happy we're talking about this I haven't talked about this with anybody yet um, yeah um, I love um, Adult Swim yeah, or man. it's not Adult Swim actually it's no, it HBO is, no it is Adult Swim but oh it's on okay HBO. yeah oh okay but, like, cool, cool. The Mr. Frog episode is one of my favorite episodes of TV. Bro, the Mr. Frog <laughs> episode is insane. Yeah. So basically, Mr. Frog. So I'm getting it right. He's a um, psychopath, right? Yeah, I think so. Like, I think so. Yeah, I think that's yeah. fair. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Frog is a psychopath, but he's also like this rich celebrity, which is kind of political. Uh, <laughs> just a tiny bit yeah um, but yeah i i think smiling friends like we needed um one thing oh how did you feel about mm-hmm. raised by wolves oh the um the hbo show i watched like the first three episodes of it you didn't like I it, it I, like, like, it's not that i didn't like it i just like Cause like I appreciate it. I appreciate it how it looked. I appreciate like I appreciate I pretty much like, cause like 
Cause like, I'm at a point in my life where if you try something that's like really different and that like, like not to say that no one's ever done anything like that because they have, but like, it's weird. It's like really out there. And I really just like, even, even if I don't finish something, if I watch it and it's like really trying to do something different and interesting, I'm gonna be like, you get your points for that. Because right. like, we need, we need more people to get money to make weird shit like this, you know, right. like money, money, money. So like, right. I liked it and I was interested, but like, for some reason, it's, it's not even like a personal thing. Like I didn't like it. I it just, just kinda, didn't stick. It, it, it just didn't stick. You know, like yeah, sometimes it like shows like that every once in a while, like I'll come back. Like I'm like, I'm sure I'm gonna go back and watch it because I'm bored right. one day. I'm like, oh, this shit was crazy. Like, why right. didn't I stick with it? Yeah, it and got like, crazy. It got crazy. It, it was slow. It was slow, right. but I'm into like, psycho thrillers or yeah, me too. Like, like really weird shit like people that like I really do like sometimes I watch like cartoons like uh smiling friends yeah, or yeah. like psycho thrillers like nocturnal animals I really like nocturnal animals actually well um the acting was okay but I love the idea of it um your boss obviously his the way the people he chooses and everything amazing um, right. But I watch um, like like sci-fi stuff and I'm like, wow, you really have to be purely imaginative and so trusting to create a world like this and to make it into something this big. And then to get to get someone to trust you to like create that world and then find a Publix that is willing to follow the story, like to purely follow your imagination. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like one of my favorite um, films uh, that inspired or soundtracks really that inspired my album is um Willy Wonka ah I can see that I can see that no seriously if you close your eyes and okay so one day I was um I was um so this has been my this album um the chronicles of a caterpillar has been in the works for about four years Right. And the reason why it's been in the works for four years is just because I've had so many roadblocks. Um, I never wanted to be a producer. I never wanted to touch the keys. And so I've worked with so with different producers and it seemed like every single time I work with somebody, they'll try and pull some fuck shit, like holding the files at the last minute or, you know, just crazy shit to the point where I didn't want to like do it myself. Um, so at the beginning of 2020, right before the ball dropped, I was at this point where I was just like, I don't know if I want to do this. Like I just, it's too many roadblocks. And um, I was in my room and I was listening to classical music. And for some reason, the first song from the Willy Wonka um, soundtrack started playing. 
the Gene and Wilder movie, like right? Those first, huh? The, I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off. The Gene Wilder movie, right? Yes. Okay. Like the old school, old school. Right, right, right. And like, if you ever just listen to the composition of the first song and how it comes up, it's it's really brilliant. It's brilliant. And like, it really inspired me, just like sci-fi. And um, um, I would say Afrofuturism from the scope of, because the Afrofuturism is quite political, that term. That but um, from the scope of the parable of a sower um, inspired my work, but really the Willy Wonka soundtrack it really like I think on that day either I was like I was like just I was just down and um I I I usually listen to like classical music gospel or trap music to get my spirit back up you know gotta keep my spirit high Mm -hmm. and um in the queue like I just started hearing the and it just came on and I think I was just cleaning or something and like I was listening to the words of the song and he was just basically here's this grown man singing about like like come to my world of pure imagination and I started thinking about how political it is for black kids, poor kids, kids that live on or just above the poverty line, uh, lower middle class kids to have the audacity and the privilege to imagine anything. That in itself is political. And I listened to the that album that uh soundtrack and um i actually met with sudan archives like the next week wow you know she's a producer and she knew about what happened and she was like girl look you're gonna have to produce it yourself you're gonna have to produce it yourself you're gonna have to try and um, Liv had so uh, Pink Sifu told me the same. Swarvy told me the same. Um, and that album really, it said, wow. Like, how amazing would it be if you, Veronica, a girl from Memphis, Tennessee, a place where people are programmed to not imagine, to not imagine anything different, a life, anything different than the, our psycho-cybernetic code. What if you created a world in your music that you could only create, a story that you can only tell? Um, kind of like Parable of the Sower or Pellet Parable of the Talents. Right. Um, so, Willy Wonka. <laughs> like, to have it all start there is kind of beautiful, just like considering like the whole like the whole idea like you know like just of pure imagination and just like yeah. how that's kind of like the building block yeah. and or, or 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 like not the building block but like the base that like everything kind of starts at and like yeah. you know like and like with sci-fi in particular like you were saying like I've been thinking about it a lot because I just saw um 
Uh, I'm going to talk about this movie every chance I get now. Everything, everywhere, all at once. I saw that um, a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And like, just just like the Hollywood? idea. Hollywood? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's called um, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Have who who's in it? Uh, Michelle Yeoh's in it. So is um, it only? So is it only in theaters right now? Yeah, but it's coming. Okay, to, cool. It's, it's I'm, com- I'm gonna have to go check that out. Everything, everywhere, all at once. All at I once. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't. I, like I can't. I'm not gonna try to describe what it's about. It's like you just go watch it. But it's just like that movie to me kind of exemplifies everything you were talking about about imagination and it's um it's an immigrant story not i'm not a black immigrant story but um it's an immigrant story um in a lot of ways and uh just like just like what it means to imagine the way your life could go should go the way you want it to go the way it's gone and just like it's just very much a movie about imagination and the places that could take you you know and i think science fiction more than almost any other genre of movie or just like culture in general whether it's film or literature music whatever like sci-fi is like kind of geared toward that sort of thing you know like it's like sci-fi is also like one of the hardest things to really define because like what what yeah. is science fiction like any you know like anything involving medicine yeah. or time yeah. travel or whatever aliens and like it's all then, science fiction like, and <laughs> then if you like excuse me it's it's nah. that is why i've i fell in the wormhole right of like psycho thrillers and sci-fi because i was like Actually, if something is labeled sci-fi, it's not cool to me. That's probably why you like, um, what was it? Raised by wolves, you would need a second with it to let it grow <laughs> on you because it's so blatantly sci-fi. And right. I'm just like, what is so cool about Yorbos's work to me is it's sci-fi, but it's not sci-fi like there's no aliens in it but it's like these are these human beings like what is going on because this shit is not normal you know and like it's science but it's fiction um and so like that's why I feel in the wormhole but I'm in the same boat if something is like purely about aliens or purely like about these things I I kind of like get turned off as soon as I if it's predictable I'm kind of like it but like I just I love like sci-fi where it's like the alien you wouldn't even know it there is that word is not said at all right yeah like parable of the sower you know like yeah yeah or even or even something like uh Oh man, you ever see Fantastic Planet before? Or Fantastic Fungi? No, no, on um, Fantastic Planet. No, I haven't. I thought, is it a series like nah. Fantastic Fungi and then Fantastic? Because it was um very Fantastic Fungi was more of like a documentary. No, nah, Fantastic Planet was um it was an animated movie about a like about a race of like not earthly beings who own like humans as pets 
you know, and it like like um um it's from the seventies, I think. And, oh, I um, haven't seen it. Oh, it's 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 so fire! Like it's just wow. it, like it's it's really pretty to look at. The soundtrack's amazing. Um um uh, Mad Lib took a lot of influence from it when he was first like like Quasimodo and the whole idea of Quasimodo came from Fantastic Planet and he references oh it and samples it a lot. Like it's Fantastic Planet is great. And I like like anybody who hasn't anybody listening who hasn't seen I'm Fantastic literally Planet taking notes here. Like, okay. <laughs> everything everything all at once. Um everything all at once. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um and then on top of that, like oh, what was I saying before? Um Oh, so like, but like, I, I feel you on the predictable thing, but like, I love me some aliens, man. Like, I'm like, mm. like, 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 I'm big, I'm big on the subtleties and allegorical stuff and all that. But like, I also love like, you ever see the last Indiana Jones movie? Like, you like, I haven't. So at I the end, of the, I'm gonna spoil it because it's it's not good. But like at the, <laughs> end, at the at the end of the movie, they go to a pyramid because like they're looking for. Um, it's called the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. So like the, the the little MacGuffin shit they're looking for is literally a crystal alien skull, right? And they get into the pyramid <laughs> and they find the crystal skull and the villain of the movie picks it up and like an alien just like be like the stereotypical little gray man with the big black pupils beams down from the shit and like looks into her eyes and she just like emulates and just lights on fire and just like dies while she's holding this like I like I love that type of shit too like that's just like it's the most like unsubtle un un yeah. elegant inelegant thing ever and I'm just like that's I how, love this um, shit <laughs> like, that's how um raised by wolves gets that's how right. it gets like and it's like the production value is so great I really appreciate the colors um their use of they actually had to the last season they had to switch it up because they were getting I know they were getting creamed by a lot of people because um their main their main character like I know that they were I'm not gonna give it away but they (laughs) they had to like switch up like some roles to make it make it right but I I really like Raised by Wolves eventually it gets really cool I trust you, so I'm gonna try it again. Try it again. Try yeah. it again. Like I think at I think you you'll start getting into it because it, it you got like it it takes a turn, and then when it takes that turn, you're like, oh okay, I get it. Okay, it's not as predictable as I thought it would be. Right. Yeah. I'm a I'm a I'm a tap back in because like because like like I said, I wanted to try it. I just kind of. You know, like I have a, I got a list of stuff that I just like, my list is never ending. Like I'm always getting recommendations and stuff. So like, I'm just like, like, I just, it was, it was there. And I'm like, I'm gonna come back to this. I promise. And I just didn't, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna try it again. I'm gonna try it again. Nice. And And fantastic planets, everything, everywhere, all at once. Beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. I'm hoping, I'm hoping to leave out of here with like six more recommendations for me, but we'll see what happens. Cause Mm -hmm. like, already like already like you just have such a like 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 I said like I love film I love film well I love books I love books but um I'm a storyteller and um to sharpen my tools like when it comes to songwriting and creating worlds like I have to like watch it like smiling friends honestly right because like to me like 
if I'm when I'm watching it, I'm like, how did they come up with this shit? Because it's like so <laughs> not normal, right. you know, like, but like to me, that's the beauty of like being a storyteller. So right. Yeah, yeah. nah, absolutely. Like it's just like wanting to tap into that, like not not like to make the same thing, but to just kind of like get a get that spark, you know, like that's what we're all looking for. And right. like considering considering how deep you are into this, and like already, like we're we've already been talking for like a half hour. We've only I only right. asked one question, and we literally but... <laughs> only talked about film. Yeah, I am perfect for this show. Yeah, that's I incredible. Knew I would be. I yeah, knew me I too. Would be, but like, I really, <laughs> I really do love film, and I actually studied. Um, um, I studied and and worked in contemporary art for a long time under. Mm-hmm. Khalil Joseph. Oh um, wow! Yeah, Shout out to Khalil Joseph. Yeah, at the Underground Museum and Karan Davis and Anya, like those were my OGs. Wow. So I really, I didn't even know, like for six years, that I was like getting a course study in like like me, you know, being with Arthur Jaffa and Helen Moseworth and like people like that, like literally studying under them. And that's when I started getting into like film because they don't, you know, like that's film, you know, like that yeah. is the film world. And so um, I really do like, I'm such a nerd for, for you know, like really, Man. I really am. Uh, I could tell, like, I want to touch on that specifically, but before we do, um, what's the first movie experience you could remember having? Like Ooh. it could be at the theater. It could be at oh, your cousin's Brad. house, like, like whatever comes to mind first. Um, the first movie, it depends because my father was very resourceful when it came to like technology, like we didn't have a a TV in the car. And so he like hooked up one, you know, like that's how he was, um, Wow, that's a good. So my fondest memories as a child were my mother was super into like the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, Narnia, the Narnia Tales, right, right, uh, Lord of the Rings, um, so on and so forth. And so growing up, I not only read like The Hobbit and those books, The Wrinkle in Time, like stuff like that. But my mother was super into it. Like we were like the only Black family cosplaying and going to see Lord of the Rings. And it was <laughs> funny because I, w- I had a very sheltered childhood. And so like I couldn't watch Harry Potter. So I was really late to the Harry Potter tra- train because it was witchcraft. But they were like obsessed with um, Charles Dickens um, and like, you know, like the Narn- the Narnia trilogy and like, about to say, like- and they, they were so uh, because <laughs> they because they had Christian allegories. Mm, okay, um, yeah, but right. like, OK, <laughs> yo, like, honestly, all of it like is the same. And um, right. you have this protagonist that is going on this 
journey. And while the protagonist is going on this journey, there is so many, or this quest, I would say, and to find the treasure or to do this or to do that. And always, you know, rarely do you have a protagonist that knows their power at the beginning of the journey. Usually during the journey, um, the protagonist and their um, co uh, you know, stars don't know their power. They're learning their power as they go. And um, yeah, that was like a seed. That was a powerful seed because like everything I do is kind of based off of the protagonist's quest or um, Lord of the Rings, Charles, you know, like, like, you know, like it, everything is, um, a story like that like i'm really right into that yeah because um uh i'm assuming you're familiar with like the hero's journey and like the joseph yeah. campbell stuff and all that right yeah it's yeah. like how like how it's all laid out with like the with like the with like the refusing the call and then you right. like yeah. get, get at it and stuff yeah like that's right. like you let like you're so right like that's like such a that's like the foundation of like so many of all of those stories you know like that's like that that's like maybe one of the most timeless stories ever told and it's just been told in you know hundreds of thousands probably even just millions of different ways mm -hmm. honestly and like same in the matrix yep same yep. in like you know it's that it's that you know i don't know and i refuse and then at the end it's like i have to because of the why or the purpose or whatever right you could, yeah, you know, you could say that about the Matrix. You could say it about Iron Man. You could say it about the Fast and the Furious if you wanted to, because there was a point when um, Paul Walker and Vin Diesel didn't want to do the shit either. And you know, right. like, it's just like, and, and then it's just like, well, you know, like we were street racers, and now we're working with the government, and we're basically the Avengers, but with cars. Like you know, right. like it's just really weird and interesting to see how all of that stuff just like mutates and creates its own story, and like we just watch the same story get told in about like 2000 different ways and mm -hmm. i love that you know like and it seems like you do too and that's and I that's do. tight <laughs> I, do. I really do so yeah, like i think that that's like honestly like i live in a dream world in most cases so i feel like i am frodo you know or neo or right. anything like that you know right yeah you know it, yeah yeah you know like they're um like Frodo and Neo in particular are really interesting characters just in the sense that like they're like they have specific personalities and specific goals and specific wants and needs and desire well Neo not so much Neo's just kind of he feels kind of passive sometimes like he's just kind of like there because he has to be type shit but right. like but but like Frodo and, 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 like, and like that and like that's by design you know like that's the whole yeah. point of Neo's character but like but like Frodo is someone who has like a personality and like his own wants and needs and desires. But then it's like, right. oh, I have this ring that my uncle Bilbo gave me. Right. And now out I gotta of, go get out rid of, of nowhere. And now out of nowhere, just like. And now. Yeah, he's, he's like I'm at the party cutting up, and oh shit, I have this ring now. Okay, like mm -hmm. I gotta take it to to, to Mount Doom. Oh, okay, right. I, I, I gotta go. I gotta go chill with these eagles and this wizard man who's four right. feet taller than me. Okay, like, right, you know, like, right, it's, it's right. Like, giant wizard man. Right, and it's just like you know, like like the Frodo story is a story that you know, like J.R.R. Tolkien when he wrote 
Frodo was like, you know, like he had probably heard stories like that before and just yeah. like had this idea to turn it into his own universe. And then I was just, it's crazy. I was just talking to my sister about this a couple of days ago. Um, um, shout out to Joey, if you're listening. Um, Cause uh, they have a friend who was reading the Cimmerillion the big like middle earth almanac for people who don't know like that's like the that's like the fucking middle earth encyclopedia that like people you like you really 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 gotta love lord of the rings to want to read the cimmerillion it's like it's heavy heavy shit but um you know just those stories it's like the way that we find ways to just kind of flip them and like just take the template and just turn it into or, and like not even turn it into something else just like just literally just give it, like it a from a different perspective it's like yeah, right. the hero's journey is so important to um i would say like human the human race because ultimately like we all are on a journey i would say towards mm-hmm. something um, whether you know it or not, you know, or you're conscious of it. And um, I just think it's important. Right. No, I agree. I definitely think it's important. And, uh, you know, like, you know, like as you're kind of growing up and having these experiences um, and just like experiencing all this stuff, like you kind of already hinted at it, but like was like was there a specific movie that kind of made you fall in love with movies in less of a passive way? Like it doesn't even necessarily need to be like oh like this movie is art. It can be, but it can also just be like hey like I'm like actively engaged with this movie. Like whether it was like really entertaining or really artful. Like do you remember the first time you had one of those moments? Yes. Um, I already talked about um the first lord of the rings but honestly i would say one of the first like movies that i fell in love with was this is very silly but the indian in the cupboard hey that's not silly yeah (laughs) i love the indian in the cupboard um also what is it called it is not Little Women. It is not Little Women. It's the Little Princess. The Little Princess? Yeah, yes. the Little Princess. <laughs> the Little Princess. That was one of my favorite. It was just the version that I had on VCR VHS was just so imaginative. Like the way her life looked and felt. Um and I just imagined myself in that way, like living in that way. Um, also, what is that film? What time, when did um, Memoirs of a Geisha come out? Oh, it must've been like mid, it must've been like sometime between 04 and 06, maybe. Cause I remember when I first saw Memoirs of a Geisha too. 2005, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was, um, that was a defining moment for me. I watched Memoirs of a Geisha and I was like, what is life? And (laughs) I'm really glad that now that I'm older, I can see all the problems that were in. Yeah. (laughs) Like that movie was kind of crazy. Like actually like it was wild as hell. Like 
but um i have to say memoirs of a gay ship yeah you know like it, it's like you know like i i get it because i remember when i first saw it too and i was just like really i love the poster just like of her face and i was yeah. like all right i want like that was back when well i mean like still now like if i see a poster and the shit moves me i'm gonna go see the movie but yeah you know like right. it was like just kind of pulling away the good things about that movie like i think about them sometimes but then it's like yeah it was it was that was a bit much. I don't know if we needed to it do it wild. like this. Y'all. <laughs> it was wild. Like you go back to it. I'm like, wait, they put this in on cinema and like who yeah. is supposed to like be okay with it? But like, yeah, it was a defining moment for me. Yeah. It, it, you know, like it, it, we, we can just, we can just stick to the, we can just stick to the Ella Fitzgerald, great gowns, beautiful gowns. Like it, it was, Look, it was a gorgeous, 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 gorgeous movie. Gorgeous movie. But, but the rest of it, I, I, yeah, we could, we could just put it over there. But yeah, I get it. <laughs> I get yeah, it. Yeah, I really liked growing up. I really liked time pieces and um, yeah. just time pieces. I was really into that, uh, like Jane Eyre and stuff. Uh-huh. Like that. Um, what was it? Just- it? Sorry. No, I, I think you're about to ask what I was about to say. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I was just going to say, like, what was it about time pieces and period pieces that you like so much? Well, you know, like, I loved growing up in Memphis. Like, I didn't know anything else. But my childhood, there was a lot of, like, excuse me, um, cognitive dissonance. It was a ton of cognitive dissonance, a ton. Um, growing up in a, like a black city that's white ruled, white owned, being a classically trained violinist starting at five. Right. Um, when most of the music is listening, to, you know, that people listen to is like, Project Pat and like stuff, you know, like the world, another world. Right. My mother was a Harvard, you know, graduate and my father was a pastor. So I was thrusted into like so many different worlds. Um, I also went to public school, but I went to private school during the summers. And my mother found those programs for me. It's not even like we had the money. She found those programs. So because I had so much cognitive dissonance, watching like Jane Eyre, The Little Princess, Indian in the Cover, that like imagine, like imaginary world, I would say, like the world that I've never seen. I just felt like I was in it. Like I felt like I was part of it. Like I was very much an imaginative kid. Right. And um, I'm glad that imaginative kid like survived, you know, cause sometimes that's taken away from you, but. Yeah. 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 Right. Like, yeah. You know, like it's, it's like, like film and stuff and like entertainment in general is escapist for a lot of people for yeah. whatever reasons you know like there's I'm, I'm not gonna go and list reasons but like because everyone's are different but um that element of it is a thing that really helps to develop an active imagination and can really 
you know, just like it drives so many of us who create today. Like, that's why I'm here. That's why you're here type right. shit. And um, with music, like, where did that start with you for music? Like, when did you first like actively get interested in it? Because like you said, you know, I was going to bring it up and try to sound cool and shit that I already do it. But yeah, like you said, you uh, you started playing violin when you were five. So like that's uh, that's that's a real intense commitment right there already. So like when did when did music kind of first come into your life in that way? So my father was a musician and I was homeschooled until I was five until uh for preschool no please excuse me I'm sorry I already told the people the girls have been working the girls have been working no it's cool Um, don't even trip (laughs) yeah but um yeah so my father uh was a pastor and a musician and my whole family really on my um father's side and my mother's side are like singers and musicians so I was thrusted into that world really young and my mother um I'm so grateful for her and my father but my mother really knew that for some reason she knew that I was like extremely imaginative a writer like an artistic child and so she um there were these programs in memphis because memphis is a very musical city right yeah especially especially when i learned about the politics of music programs in school i'm very glad that i grew up in memphis um but there were a lot of programs that started children in um when it came to like instruments and stuff like that um my mother used to take me to contemporary art museums, art museums and galleries um, and symphonies growing up uh, on the river, super young. Those were my, um, I wasn't allowed to do nothing. I wasn't even allowed to wear pants part of the church for a, um, a while until we left that, but like, I could go to a symphony. I could go to an art gallery. Right. My mother taught me myself, like herself, how to read, how to read and write. And so um, the way she did that was through contemporary art. And um, yeah, I remember literally, I remember this day, like it was yesterday, I was sitting in a symphony in the very back of a symphony with her and she asked me what instrument do I want to learn to play because she was very much the type of mother that would be like um use your words use your words use your words mm-hmm. and I'll be like okay um I want to learn how to play that and that was the beautiful violin swaying you know I wanted to do that And so um, she found a program called the Mini Maestros um, that lap babies, that gave the opportunity for lap babies to go to symphony practices and sit with each instrument. And lo and behold, I was drawn to, as a baby, I was drawn to a violin. And so um, I started violin lessons at five, and seven is when I just started really realizing that I was actually playing it. 
<laughs> so sometimes I say five, sometimes I say seven. Right. So, you know, like you kind of like you pick up the violin at sometime between the ages of five and seven. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like you kind of go through this and play it and learn it and come to master it. Um, as you're growing up and playing the violin and kind of taking in all these experiences of the museums and all the opera and all the other stuff you've, you know, you're doing with your parents, particularly mm-hmm. your mother, um, mm-hmm. what what other music, like, is there other music that you're kind of going off and finding on your own or is everything you're listening to kind of coming from your parents? Oh, no. I had to find things on my own because I was right. I was sheltered. I was a sheltered kid. Right. Um, the section of the church we went to was the Holiness Church in Kojic. And in the Holiness Church, my grandmother was a bishop. Mm. And I couldn't women didn't wear pants women my ears still aren't pierced um women didn't wear earrings makeup blonde hair like anything like that um that's why I am direct karma um (laughs) but uh yeah they didn't allow me to do it so the greatest blessing was finding music that I liked on my own yeah and what was and what was some of that stuff? Because you mentioned Project Pat. I'm sure three six played a huge role at some point. Yeah, like... I, used in, I used to sneak and listen to Project Pat, uh, Yo Gotti, uh-huh. um, uh, like uh, what's his name? Uh, shoot, nobody needs nobody. What's his name? Oh damn! Oh no! Oh my! <laughs> I'm I can't gonna, think I can't think of his name, but um, he always be talking about pure cocaine. But, oh, play uh, and fly, play and yeah. fly. Is what you talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah fly. <laughs> that's a deep cut, by the way. Wow, that's crazy. Bar, <laughs> deep cut. That is a on the surface cut. Memphis <laughs> on the radio, but no, like um, <sighs> because like I was living in a city where that was just the lifestyle. I was very attracted to that because like, hmm, that's not the life that I'm sheltered from. You know, that's a life I don't see. And so it was just interesting to me, you know? Mm -hmm. But, you know, like at the same time, it's also like all around you and that's like the culture of Memphis. So it's not like, you know, it's, you know, it's not like you're like completely removed from it. Like you're just like not directly living it. Type right, shit, you know, like, and like, so, like, at night, I would take my little radio or my MP3 player and I would um listen to like trap music all night, fall in love with that. I fell in love with Pharrell Williams as a Neptune, mm-hmm. NERD, very as any good millennial will, like, <laughs> yeah. and um, obviously, like, like. I, I went through my, like, Erica Vadu, like, neo-soul phase as well, via LimeWire. Um, but, yeah. Like, yeah. honestly, I had to find it. It was a blessing because I had to find it on my own. Do you mind if I smoke? No, do your thing. He, he, like, <laughs> you at home. No, yeah, I can't yeah. wait till we can do this in person, man. But yeah, no, me are, either. Uh, let me just say that um, this is your interview, but I love um, your writing um, from the standpoint 
of um, I'm a writer as well. And you really are extremely analytical. And I love like writers. I, I used to be a staff writer, actually. Oh, really? Um, Where? That was my excuse to move back to L.A. Mm. I got a staff writing position at um, I had my own blog called Muse World and I had a staff writing position at Blavity. And oh, I, wow. Okay. Yes, I, I, a lot of you can actually a lot of my work is still going viral. Um, but I, I loved I love your writing. Yeah. And now that I'm talking to you um, about your love of film and um, your love of cinematography, I understand why you would get my album like you would really get it. Yeah, no, nah, like I'm, I'm, I'm big on, I'm big on the details and the stuff and, and I'm big on, I'm big on details and subtext. That's just been my whole thing since I was a kid, whether it comes to music or movies or whatever, like that's yeah. like, that's like the stuff that makes everything move and function the way it does. So it, I it, love, it, it, it's, it, it's, it's just like puzzle pieces, but nah, like that means the world. Nah, I really, really appreciate that. I, I love, just, you know, I love your writing. Even thank you. Like your, um, because some people are snobs. Some writers, like some writers, are snobs, like literal <laughs> snobs, and like prudes. But you're not a prude. Like you in the hood with it too. And I, I love that because I am too. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Nah, like all this shit is beautiful, and that's something that, like, you know, like quick little side note. Like I just. Like it took me getting a little older to realize that because like because because like uh. I, 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 I actually wrote a whole piece about my journey over when yeah. I was used to write for DJ Booth and like that was like it started like because like yeah yeah I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to tell the whole story right now but long story short I was really big into crunk and snap music coming up and then yeah. I discovered Doom. You got to hear you I wish you could come to my party it's 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 called i want to say this because it's a plug for me and my organization <laughs> come on now but i have a um organization based off of my book the creative black women's playbook which it was mm. a a comprehensive and interactive workbook to and um research study i did on 35 black women um i wrote it for myself but i wrote it when i got the grant to write it I knew I wanted to write something that would help Black women to see themselves, one, as powerful, um, creative beings, uh, but two, like our ancestral right in this society to get paid well for our creative output. And um, I did a research study on 35 women, creative women. I'm sorry. I have a tiny bit of ADHD. (laughs) <laughs> no, nah, not a, I got a lot of ADHD actually, actually. Um, <laughs> so we gonna go in circles, but it always comes back. We always come back to where it is. <laughs> um, but I wrote the book ba- based on the research study of these women and why some of them like were really successful in their music careers. What resources did they have as a child? And what did they see? You know, did they feel that their imagination, that they could use it? Did they feel that they it was valid? Their creative work was valid? Did they have the financial resources to have to do the 
like I went to um, Phillips Exeter um, with like, because my mother went there on scholarship actually in the prep program. Um, like in, like I went to, I studied in conservatories my whole life on scholarship based off of my mother being like, we gonna, we gonna find this, but I I'm grateful because she searched resources and I realized black women didn't have resources. So I'm having my event, it's called parking lot pimping and it's, uh, uh, experiment one. And because I realized in LA and cities like this, a lot of the events are not geared towards Southern culture. Right. Even the events in the South sometimes are not, they don't understand how cool it is. Right, man. To be from the South and to like, like the shit that I didn't, goes back to yeah I'm back uh to what you just (laughs) said I didn't realize till later how and like when I got here and I did the self-work the inner work um because I was so like I'm I really am a nerd and so like I was I had so much social anxiety in these rooms and Mm -hmm. because of my accent because I didn't really listen to the music they listened to. Like, I'll listen to this shit. Like, I'm not into that. You know, that's cute, but I'm not into that. You know, like, I'm still in the hood with it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I still wake up to Jeezy. Like, you know, (laughs) Jeezy, like, um, thug motivation and um, hematize and stuff like that. Right, man. Gucci, like, first day out and stuff like that. I remember, um, I remember, I'm sorry to cut you off. I remember, no, please. Were, I, I remember when people were still getting kicked out of school for wearing snowman t-shirts. At least one person who went to my middle school Bro, got kicked I'm out for wearing a snowman t-shirt. Like. The niggas couldn't get kicked out for that. Right. That's the culture. Like, I'm a dog. Right. Like, yes, that song was terrible, but I'm a dog was literally like, like, <laughs> going to the club. It's gonna get fucking. It's only live when, like, with Gucci. I remember, like, like literally sneaking out because I had to sneak, sneak and wear yeah. my friends' clothes, headed to like these clubs. And back in the day, like Nikki and Gucci and Gotti, like they were like. Webby, I love Webby. Oh man, I love. <laughs> I love Webby. I, you know, rest in yeah, peace to Boosie. Re- rest, <laughs> in peace, rest in peace to Boosie. He but, said rest in peace to Boosie. <laughs> rest in peace to Boosie, but I see your bump, Boosie. I feel you. Know, you. Know, like, you know, like, yeah. trill fam and shit like that. Right. Um, but it's interesting because when people hear my music, and I have to say this out loud on your amazing interview platform, People hear my albums and they hear my music and they don't know, like, bruh, I get my my inspiration not only from sci-fi and the books I read in Lord of the Rings, but nigga, I'm in the hood with it. Like Project Pat, the reason why he's my favorite rapper is because when you listen to Getty Green and stuff like that, he was telling stories. Uh Uh-huh. 
he actually like on his the album that blew up with chicken head on it he actually gave right. his life to christ he wasn't he wasn't selling dope at that time right and um he was telling stories like he was telling stories if you actually go to his interviews like he didn't want to rap about that anymore he right. didn't but like he was like man i'm a storyteller and Ugh. yeah so yeah, we like, can that's a that is a wormhole that i would love to go down right okay yeah like, no. the, the importance of southern rap and the story and how it is perpetuated in so many cultures right it's so like it is like that story of the dope dealer the 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 pimp the blah 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 that is that's why i love live um pink seafood because right. like you know the shit he's rapping about he ain't rapping about selling drugs the dope he's telling fucking stories and um right. you know that's why i fell in love with most death that's why i fell in love with andre 3000 like uh -huh. my favorite rappers are andre 3000 project pad um, those are my those are my top two. I get it. Two things. And a, right. Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, like the New York. I Jersey, was on the yeah. plane with the wine. OK, you all was, <laughs> was not there. I was oh, there. No, that's I, hilarious. Was in, I was in the club. I was sneaking to the club when she had the, the wig, the pink behind mm -hmm. the, you know, and she was with Gucci and you know safari was in the back rap you know her hype yeah. man like i was there that I was, was yeah, that, yeah yeah that was like right after super bass and shit that's crazy yeah so, <laughs> before, before right yeah no 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 you're I'm right i'm talking that about before. before when she right, was right, like right. mixtape nikki my fault yeah 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 no super bass was that was different but anyway that was different yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah but like two things a um i had i don't know if you know her but i had um um my OG uh, Regina Bradley on the podcast she um she's a professor and she wrote a whole book I don't have her book on me right now but she wrote a whole book about Outcast and about how um the about how southern hip-hop culture is isn't like respected by yeah. you know like collegiate institutions yeah. and like she and she like specifically teaches stuff like that I had her on the podcast must have been like Oh man, like it was like one of the early ones, maybe in like the maybe like in like the teens or the twenties. But shout out to Regina. I'm a um yeah, just yeah. Regina is amazing. Think of that book because I'm really taking notes. Like I I love your work, so I'm taking notes. <laughs> Thank you. No, I appreciate that so much. Um, I'm so mad that I'm forgetting that. So the book is called Chronicling Stankonia: The Rise of the Hip Hop South. Um, it's only about a hundred pages long, and it's like a combination of like she goes off and talks like she, she she does she does like analytical breakdowns of every outcast album like right. from southern playlistic to speaker box and um just talks about like um a chronicling stankonia the rise of the hip-hop south yeah so like so like that whole book is about everything you just like at least yeah, yeah at least from like a more like it, it's from like a georgia perspective because she's from georgia but mm -hmm. yeah shout out to gina shout out that to might that. be my next book well that's not my next book i'm working on a book now but ah. um that's not my next book but yeah um but yeah so that and um before we get too off track the whole like it always confuses me when people 
it always confuses me when people talk about the South and like don't understand that like people are telling stories in these songs. Like, have you never Bruh, listened to Gucci you, has been telling the like, same story since his first like CD? Like, like three six is like you can't like these new rappers and not give pay homage to Memphis motherfucking Tennessee or right. like Houston or like you know like you can't because it's you like, know, like the stories that these niggas are like lying and telling I still like respect it but it's people that live their life and still do right you know and that's like, their Frodo t- journey right yeah exactly that's and like you know just like it's a, it you know like it's just like i remember when dolph passed it it wasn't that long ago but like i was already a fan before he don't passed. get me started but yeah you know also, like it, he also raised me he from south memphis too right exactly yeah that's why i brought him up it's just like you know like it's just like people you know like like naturally whenever a rapper dies people are always ready to like go and like dissect the work and everybody's like oh he was a genius whatever like he's been on that shit forever you know like just like every like he was he was always just telling these like he was a storyteller you know like you know like Dolph's a storyteller Glock Key Glock's a storyteller his son is a is a is a Key Glock okay Key Glock Key Glock Key Glock (laughs) give him his damn props Key Glock fire when since I was six 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 is since six is one of my favorite rap songs. That mm. key block, I love key block. That whole that that whole yellow tape just really does something to me. And um, the last yeah. Dumb and Dumber, the um 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 the Dumb and um Dumb and Dumber two, the him. I wasn't block. really <laughs> into Dumb and Dumber. It had to grow on me. But I'm from Memphis, so like we wasn't really feeling it. But like we, it was a few of the cuts. I was like, okay, they back to the storytelling shit. Man, because they I'm, were playing around on a lot of them songs. They were just playing. <laughs> I was just I, playing. I personally like Dumb and Dumber two more than I like Dumb and Dumber one. Yeah, that's just me. for sure. For that's sure. just me. <laughs> and then you know, and then you like, and like you look at like Eight Ball and MJG, who n- not enough people talk about Eight Ball and MJG. Like it's actually sad. It really is. Like, you know, like, they have so many deep. Cu- There's a deep cut with Diddy. Hold up, Faith Evans and Eight Ball. And MJG. Mm-hmm. Diddy, <laughs> Hold up. Yo, well, um, um, while you're looking for that, real quick, like, 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 I know we're talking about like deep, like storytelling and shit, but my favorite, mm-hmm. um, you ever hear my homeboy's girlfriend before? No. <laughs> my homeboy's girlfriend is my favorite eight ball song ever. It's literally just a story about how like he goes to his homie's house and he meets his girlfriend and they're just like having an affair and just like the way he tells the story of them just like it's like he gets up early goes down she makes him breakfast and just like how it all progresses like just like he's telling this just like amazing just like you know like bro's like an asshole but like i just love the way he tells that story it's just like the beat is crazy just like i don't know man like there's just so much going on there that just like so most of my inspiration is from classical music and like 
um, the way that that's a story, the way that the, it's composed and written in the uh, the movements and the suites is a story when you listen to right. it. And then like when you listen to like Getty Green and like Yo Gotti's O's shit, like it's like, it's a story. Yeah. Like, and you know, just, this is actually a great way to, well, actually no. Um, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I'll ask. I, um, I was looking at my questions real quick and I just got my, my brain just jumped all over the place, but we're talking about stories. So, um, you know, like you've written a book before and you did it through the, and you did it through your nonprofit, the creative black women's network, like you mentioned. I wrote, so I wrote it through another, uh, grant program through, um, the grant through program through at the time it was called the women's center for creative work and now mm -hmm. it's the feminist center for creative work they were right. giving out grants um to write books and um i got i as soon as my friend hannah ward she's a painter i'm always around painters um she told me about the grant i knew like i knew i was like oh i stayed up like for a week and wrote out this proposal and I got it. So, yeah. And from my book, 2020, I realized, oh, there is a leg of, of book, um, of this book that I can create to um, disperse resources. Yeah, that's right. what I wanted to do. And it's, it's taken on its own, um, life so i'm excited to keep that going and keep it growing right and you know like kind of just like going from you know like being a musician to writing a book like like was that well i mean like you also said that you have been writing for blavity for a period of time so like you were already writing or or, or yeah 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 you were already writing so like so like, you know, like kind of, but like channeling, channeling your creativity into like writing like a book is different than like, it, it's different than writing an article. So like through writing that book and then deciding to take that and turn it into like something auditory, like what was that experience? What was that experience like writing the book and how did it kind of like, did you kind of learn anything new about yourself as a creative from writing? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure you did. Like, what did you learn about yourself? So when I first did it, I did a ton of research, a ton of research, because I didn't believe, I didn't have the belief that my beliefs were valid unless I could back them up by research. And um, the book was way longer than it was supposed to be. Way, was too long. And the editor, they sat with me and they were like, Veronica, we wanna take out the whole portion, one, like a big chunk of your research, not to discourage you, but you don't have to prove everything that you believe. You don't have to prove it. Like people will believe you. You are a thought leader. That's why we gave you this grant to write this book. And that's why we support it and we're gonna disperse it for you. Um, I, I realized the same thing with my album. My LP is that 
my imagination is valid. My points are valid. My, the way I compose, the way I write um, about my pain and my joy, my dissociation, right. it's valid. And I had to fall in love with my voice. I had to fall in, I had to really like stand on my contentions. And um, through writing the book, it taught me that I could finish something. And having the confidence to know that you can finish something and really yeah. just like stick the landing yeah. is, uh, I'm actually glad you brought that up because I almost have the opposite problem. Like mm -hmm. starting is always the hardest part for me, especially when it comes to writing. Mm -hmm. You know, like, you know, like I'm I like since I was young, I've always been the person who like I knew what I wanted to say. I knew the points I wanted to make, but introducing the shit and really like establishing like a thesis was always the hardest or like not even establishing a thesis, but just like a beginning, like starting was just like just like how do I know what I want to say, but how do I want to say it? So like as so, you know, like as someone who kind of needed a little extra confidence to know that you could like end it like that's I feel that's you. a big thing because it was you. the same with my album it was the same with my book I was so late turning it in that's why I love them I support them because <laughs> I was always late because I never thought it was good enough and they're like Veronica this is actually more than enough and it was the same with my album, like with right. Swarvy. Shout out to Swarvy. He he mixed and mastered it. Yeah, shout out to Swarvy. For and real. he sat with me every moment, like with every song. And we picked, like I, I overdid everything. I overthinked everything. And he was like, actually, Veronica, this is done. I sat with the project and with mind design, actually. And I let him hear it. And um, he was like, what else do you have to do to this thing? And I was like, I need to fix this. I need to fix that. He said, no, this sounds like it's done. And I didn't believe him for some reason. But he was just like, bro, this is done. You need to put this, you need to put this idea out. Right. So you can like focus on other ideas. Like it doesn't have to be perfect. It gets better with time. And so that's a, that's a huge thing. Right. That's a huge yeah. Thing. Like, yeah. Like some, like, that's the thing I had to learn myself too. It's just like, sometimes it's done. Like, you don't like, like sometimes you just need to like, even if it's not perfect, if somebody has to go through and edit and add notes, like sometimes you just need to just let it be and stop tinkering <laughs> and that's okay. You know, like it's, 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 uh, it's something that I have to tell myself a lot still, but you know, it's, 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 it's a process, but like, you know, like having people, like having people around you to kind of like confide in and be like, yo, bro, this is done. Like, you don't have to do this. Like, it's like trusting people enough to kind of let them help you figure that out is, you know, like that's, that's not easy to do, but you know, like if you have that, it's great that you have that. Like, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I don't, yeah. I, I, I didn't have anything else to add to that. I just think that's great. Yeah. <laughs> It is. It's a blessing to have people around you that are have seen more than you and 
like see you yeah. and it's it's a blessing so I, I'm very grateful for my community because really my the my album my LP is a product of community even though like I produced it all in my little hobby house like it's it's community right very communal um so you know let's so like let's talk about that let's talk about let's talk about the chronicles of the caterpillar the egg which has been in the works for a long time and i you know you know like i've been sitting with it for a while and um you mentioned like you know like on top of on top of the cinematic influence which really you know like comes through and the way the tracks kind of um they just flow into each other and the interludes people talking about like you know like wake up and just very like it, it gave me almost like very like Alice in Wonderland vibes which I kind of yeah. really enjoyed um so just like walk me through where the idea for the Chronicles of the Caterpillar came from and like why this was why this was the debut LP you know like that's always going to be a statement no matter what so yeah um so the Chronicles of a Caterpillar is a play on the Chronicles of Narnia, obviously, but right. um, Lord of the Rings, um, it's the hero's journey. It's a book and it was created like in book form. Right. And um, ultimately, I knew that what I loved about artists that I fell in love with when I was younger is their like hero's journey. How, you know, you'll see an artist and they'll be putting their music out and it's really dope. And I don't know, you know, they're pushing and they're pushing and they're growing and it's growing. And like, you just watch that story. And I knew that that was super inspiring to me when I was younger. And so I knew that you know, like with Kanye and late registration, you know, the way he did that, those three, like right. I knew that I wanted to do something where the people that were following my career could follow the journey. And because um, that's what it is. And if you come out the gate, like, you know, everything, that's definitely great. But like, I mean, confidence, you can still be confident in like I'm growing and I will continue to grow. And um, I don't know, that was my favorite thing about it is that like, it's a story and the story will continue and the characters will get even more vivid um, that you hear and stuff like that, so. Right, and you know, like another thing that really like, the first place my mind went was the very hungry caterpillar, which I'm sure yeah. is a book you've read at some point. Yeah. I feel I feel like everyone of a certain age has read. The, I feel like everybody of every age, low key, right. has read fucking the very hungry caterpillar. But like, right, 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 know, right. And you know, like it, it's just it, it, it's it's just like really, the thing that's so crazy about this project is that it's like it's like very whimsical, but also like very serious too. It's like very you, serious. You, you, you know, it, it's it's very serious, it's very whimsical, right? And very serious, kind of like a wrinkle in time or uh -huh. um or Willy Wonka. Like, you know, you have a family that's in abject poverty, yeah, that comes into wealth, 
at the end, you know, that gets the golden ticket. Like you right. have a son that goes out and looks for the golden ticket and gets the golden ticket. And they, you know, needed that, you know, and I don't know. I think that we all use some form of dissociation in order to deal with life because life is challenging. Yeah. Um, and I think the way I deal with life through art is creating worlds and um, creating stories because I am a writer first and um, a researcher, I would say, and a writer first. And um, yeah, I think it's important to talk about things that people are really dealing with and to discuss things that people are really dealing with or like to live in truth moreover it is important to live in truth so you never have to tell a lie and um people that are attracted to your art can grow with you as opposed to like this starch like woo different (laughs) brand new bitch you know like (laughs) like no I never wanted to be like that like people that follow my career are going to be like wow like I knew her from you know whatever you know so right and you know like you said it's a journey like you're creating your own journey through music and you're like not everyone not everyone is equipped or like needs to be the type of person who can just like we don't all need to be a Kanye who's like constantly shedding skin and changing form every, every pro or, or at least he was, I feel like he's kind of, I feel like he's kind of starting to repeat himself a little bit. And obviously the other Kanye is a lot, but like, you know, like, you know, like from like that early late, um, from that early college dropout, excuse me, run to like Pablo, you know, like that was like every single one of those Kanye's was different, you know, every single one of them. And like, and like that, so many people use that as a template. And I love that, but like- Yet the same. Right, the you know, same. right. Yeah, yet the same. And like, but like not everyone needs to do that. No. You know, like, you know, you know, like not everybody needs to fucking just like, you don't have to constantly rewrite your own rules, you know? And like, you can even, you can even just like kind of start out with a base, like, you know, you're doing and just build on that. And then have it and then have it to where like, you know, like five, 10 years down the line, you have people being like, oh, like, let me start this trip with V the Martian, VCR, Veronica from Mm -hmm. the beginning and Mm -hmm. really follow the progression and see, you know, like that's. And the way you do it with this project, like there's so many different kinds of music on here. There's lots of classical, there's lots of soul, there's lots of jazz, there's a chopped and screwed bit at the end of the first song, you know, like, and you, um, you bring all that stuff together and it never sounds cluttered. It never sounds like you're trying to do too much just because, you know, like, like you make it like, I feel like I've talked about this a few times, but like, I don't think people understand how challenging it is to make those types of sounds work together. No, bruh. (laughs) It is so easy to work with the algorithm. Right. To create a project that is for the algorithm. All of it sounds linear because that, um, that's easy. 
but I knew like what's the cool thing about a book what is the cool thing about a book I looked at this project like I'm writing a book and if you study the um tropes of a book and the parts of a book you have very specific characters you have very like specific points where there has to be a high and then there has to be a come down from the high and then there you know you have a moment lord of the rings where you know frodo he wants to give up and then he has that moment where he realizes his why he has that spark of influence that pushes him to put the ring in there mm. like literally loses his finger and had to throw it in Mordor had to throw it in the fires of Mordor because that was his purpose and then you have the serene calm down from the climax I wanted it to be that right yeah. I, I like that right yeah you know like rising action falling action climax you know like the whole the whole little language arts pyramid that yeah like that's like not even language arts but when you really <laughs> study like I I'm writing a book I'm writing like right a, fi a fiction book my first book was nonfiction. this is fiction and like it's way more challenging to write fiction than nonfiction because with oh, nonfiction, sure. I'm just basically putting my research that's what it is right but like yeah. With fiction, you have to start off with a very particular outline that is not boring. Yeah. Like the worst thing about books is like when it's just the same, the movie. It's just, you know, that's why I was like, a Raised by Wolves picks up at a point it picks up because they had to pick that thing up because I was right. like wait a minute sir but like yeah it's, it's never fun an album is not fun to me if it's all the same like my yeah. favorite albums are extremely climactic extremely so I I I, I like I was studying to write the book at the same time as I was studying, as I was like creating the album and the sequencing and everything. And that's why Blue isn't part of, my single isn't part of the story because it's part of the story. <laughs> right, you know, like it's, 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 it's just a Lucy that you like, but it's not, you know, it's just not a part of the thing. Blue and is his own world. Blue is Lily Lotus, like Lily Lotus, is his own world like blue is his own world like it's it was created literally to feel the way it feels um for the listener for easy easy listening but parable of the sower is not an easy book to read lord uh any jr token is not an easy book mm -mm. you know i've i've never like my mother really did go to Harvard and teach me to read. <laughs> like she was very much 
the type of mom that would tell me, Veronica, use your words. Veronica, like, you can push harder than that. Or like, you can say that differently. You can do that because she knew as a black woman, um, as an activist herself in ways, she knew that in order for me to really, I don't even know if she thought that I would really be an artist, but she just wanted me to think outside of the box. And I'm really grateful. And I hated it growing up. Because, <laughs> you know, I still love Sierra and B2K and Pretty Ricky. Right. And, you know, like I'm into all of it. Right. But the, 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 the albums really that stuck, up, stuck out to me, they were extremely climactic. Extremely. What were what were some of those what were some of those albums? I'm curious now because you know, like they're you know, like Kid Cuddy. Yeah. Cuddy. Yeah. <laughs> Which one? Man on the Mirror One, right? Man on the Moon One, yeah. That's, that's what I meant. I said Man in the Mirror. I meant yeah. Man on the Moon. <laughs> yeah, the Man on the Moon, yeah. And it like Andy Cut, like how he used common as the narrator of his story. And how he stuck with the story. Like he stuck with it. Like it was almost like his hope. Why I fell in love with him. It was his heroic journey. You know. Right. He kept. He stayed in character. And he told these stories through pain. Through pain. He, he, he was telling painful stories. Yeah. Through. Almost in a, like a fiction way you know right and he had those climaxes and he had those moments of like calm and that she, he knew he knew that the like every song couldn't be L- little homie in the room had had no one like every yeah. you know every um or make her say yeah <laughs> yeah like every everything couldn't everything couldn't be that like he had to he had to make some songs that really were cathartic to him and then he has to have some songs kind of like trip that are funny and whimsical um you know but it's some deep shit there yeah right see I really respected that that's what I loved about the first man on the moon yeah um and and and, you know to an extent that's what I liked about man on the moon too Mm-hmm. And that's something that I've always appreciated and respected about Cuddy while mm-hmm. not enjoying Fine. 85. Oh, what a cutie. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, without liking 85% of his music. Like everything yeah. after Man on the Moon, too. I just, I was like, this, this isn't for me no more. I'm, I'm, right. I'm, I'm off the train. But right. I appreciate, but I appreciate everything that you just said. And like, and like, even if I didn't like the music, which I don't really, I like saw that and what he was writing and what he was doing and how it still connects with people because like people talk about Cuddy in the same breath they talk about Kanye except like and you know like Cuddy is somebody else who kind of changed what he did and how he did it a bunch of times but like that connects with people and even if I don't like the music I appreciate him kind of giving people that outlet and helping them understand 
all that stuff because that's important you know like it 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 goes beyond whether or not you like the music like if it makes an impact like that means something you know like there's obviously something there even if you don't see it right and um I think uh excuse me I think uh one thing that's been really interesting about talking to you for this last like hour and 40 minutes has been like you really existed like you do like you really embody so many different kinds of art like you're a musician you're a writer you're um you're a composer you're really in um yeah i mean like you know like ostensibly you're like a filmmaker you know like you're really committed to like fleshing these worlds out and like even though like like just this it's just you clearly you kind of like sit right at the intersection of film music and literature like those three things are really clearly very important to you yeah and you know like I guess just you know like as someone who really kind of favors all three of these things like I don't even know how I want to ask this question like where do you like how do you manage how do you manage to put equal amounts of yourself into these different types of art you know because like it's hard to kind of it's it's kind of hard to have a voice translate the same way across different mediums you know like so like like is that something you think about often and like do you have one that you prefer over the other and like I'm kind of rambling right now and just like asking hella questions but like they're all the same they're all the same like art is art and that's why I respect artists um um the the artists will always always prevail that is one of my like sayings right if you see what you're making as art as opposed to a commoditized thing that you're selling it will always prevail it will always find an audience and um because there's purpose behind art, art, there's intention. Right. And, you know, studying with working at the underground for so long, studying as an art docent, studying in symphonies, like doing these things, um, and living in Memphis, it really, like, I'm very uh, perceptive. And um, I like, I really like observing. I'm very observant. And um, yeah, like if you just observe the world around you, you'll see like the cognitive dissonance that's there. And because I've observed it in my life and because of that film writing writing music composing and writing a book is all the same right yeah no you're so right about just like you know it is all art at the end of the day and it's just so it's just so great to see it's just so great to see someone just like like I always just have a big appreciation for people who are able to like get their shit off in multiple artistic mediums. Cause it is all art, but like, it's all, 
you know, like there's like different techniques and just like different expectations that come with reading a book versus watching a movie versus listening to an album, you know? And to like have a voice be so strong and so uh, connected to not just like yourself, but like to kind of like <laughs> the human condition in like that corny cliche sort of way. No, it like, it's cliche, the human condition. We need more people that make art about the human condition. Mm. We need we need more people that make art intentionally because right. we have a world of hurting people and no one wants to talk about it but everybody's talking about it like around the elephant yeah and, um, I love artists that are very aware of the elephant and call the elephant out so. right yeah, um, y'all can't see it, but V is scratching her cat's throat, and it, just, <laughs> it, it was it was it was the cutest thing I've seen all week. Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry, that's just like that's just like really got me. But like, obviously, everything you just said, like that's yeah, that's the most important thing right now is just kind of like just just like understanding that we all kind of need to work our way through this, and like this is like collective trauma. <laughs> you know, like we get and like and like so many people are gonna just like bury it, but you know, everybody who's talking about it is brave, and that's yeah. the best. You know, like yeah, that bravery, brother. we need that bravery. Um, and my very last question to kind of tie all this up, considering all the things we talked about, is um, right. So, if your life was a movie, what would it be about? It will most definitely be sci-fi yeah <laughs> like a black suburban lower to middle class family it would definitely be directed by your boss <laughs> <laughs> and um i would be frodo i would be frodo because i didn't want to leave memphis you know like i didn't want to leave the south that's why i create music and films that celebrate black culture that celebrate um southern culture that's why i rap project pet right after i play many lives you know because it's you know frodo never wanted to leave the shire um but he had to in order to save his world you know and i feel like I'm always battling with that. And I know that there's other people that are on their alchemic heroics journey in so many different ways um, that needs something, that needs art that feels like home and that reminds them that they're not alone. And um, yeah, Lord of the Rings was that for me. And uh, I would definitely be Frodo. <laughs> my cat's name is Frodo. <laughs> oh, oh I, 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 that was going to be my next question. Oh, yeah. that's that. Wow. That. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> just because I'm curious now, what would so, you know, in that case, like, you know, you're Frodo. What's your what's your one ring? Like, what's the thing that you need to go, you know, not even necessarily to like destroy it like Frodo did, but like, what's the thing? Um, What's the, I think, yeah, I think for me uh, personally, my why is um, 
seeing other black women and black people human beings see themselves as worthy of whatever dream they dream and finishing it and getting done or starting like literally the last track on my project is named the beginning because it's always like when you finish a book or finish some type of art it's like you're beginning again Right. So um, I think my ring for me is just if one person in Memphis, Tennessee, one little girl sees herself as worthy, just worthy. And uh, that's my ring. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like that's just. You know, like having having that having having that having that one little girl who's not afraid to have read Zathura or yeah. like or yeah. like or like uh and still rap, and still rap Project Pat. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, Project <laughs> Pat, Dolph, Key Glock, whoever the fuck coming out of Memphis next, you know? Like that's yeah, like that's just I love that. That's just yeah. <laughs> um I don't got any more questions. That's it. But um, V, this was so enlightening. This was just oh, like- I love talking to you. I knew it was going to be a great combo because <laughs> I love your writing. Oh, thank you so much. Again, no, like that, that, that really means everything. And just to like, just to kind of like have your trust in that regard and just kind of like see this happen over the course of like a, however long it's been and just to like have, have us like be on the precipice and shit of like, it's finally happening. It's like, I'm just happy for your success. Yeah. Thank you. No, of course. God is good. God is good. (laughs) And now, and now I got to go find your writing because I didn't know you. Yeah. I'll send you some stuff. You're going to laugh. No, please. No, I'm ready. I'm ready. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. Thanks for listening. Shout out to y'all for making it this far. Shout out to all the black people listening too, because y'all really impeccable. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and tell a friend to come through next time. One.